Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of the Haskincast podcast. I am so happy that you are joining me for another episode. And uh, we're interviewing this week my cousin, Lady Lone Wanderer, who is a Twitch streaming video game playing badass. And uh, it's cool because, you know, we're uh, a couple of... um, sort of decades apart almost in in age and it's really nice to see how uh you know from the last time i saw her when she was just a wee thing to being uh, an adult now and having these uh these fun things that she does that i don't know anything about so as i interviewed her this is really the first time that i'm learning about twitch at all uh had a vague understanding of what it was and she really taught me quite a bit so uh definitely uh, an enjoyable interview and um whereas this doesn't really fall in the music or movie category it seems to me that video game streaming has now become a new form of entertainment and uh there's a lot more apparently that's going on on Twitch than I was aware of but there are so many people now that have become part of these communities that it's really become its own genre of entertainment. And so I thought it would be interesting to uh, learn a little bit more and find out about that. And I've got a couple other friends who are gamers that uh, may come on the show as well. Um, with uh, it, it being such a big thing, I think it's uh, it's important to understand what's going on in that world. And maybe you'll find that it's of interest to you. Uh, you know, growing up, on the beginning of video games, really, uh, you know, Pong, Atari in television. Uh, I never had a ColecoVision, but a, a friend of mine did, and, and we'd go over to his place sometimes. And uh, there, you couldn't save games. You couldn't uh, pause uh, for, for quite a while. There were some games that down the road you could, but um, there just wasn't the mechanism for those things. I mean, Atari was literally an, a, joystick, a, a joystick and one button. So there was no pausing. In fact, I'll I'll tell my Pitfall story why I can never play Pitfall uh, again. I was I studied the game for quite some time, and through a combination of of practice and and friends, I figured out how to actually get to the end of the game, which you have I think it's like five seconds left or whatever if you play everything perfectly. And I was two screens away from the end of the game. And I remember uh, hearing my dad's uh, car or van, I can't remember what he had at the time, uh, pull up in the driveway. And my dog, of course, gets all excited because he hears a car pull up in the driveway and starts jumping up and down and knocks the Atari power cord out of the wall. And I lost the game being that close. And, it, you know, it's it was just so precise and uh, I just, after that, I was like, I, I'm not doing that again. And I couldn't play the game anymore after that. And by then I was kind of bored with it anyway, because I had spent such a such an amount of time getting to that point. Um, but yeah, so there were no save game points. There weren't any, um, you know, a- anything at all. You had to, to play it from the beginning to the end. And I remember one Saturday morning, I watched uh, a little bit of Saturday morning cartoons And you could do that back in those days. And I started playing a game of Asteroids on the Atari 2600, which was uh, not the greatest clone from from the arcade version. Um, They looked more like Pop Rocks than they actually did Asteroids. But anyway, uh, I was still playing the same game when it came lunchtime. 
And so my mom, I remember, brought me a sandwich and I ate it, you know, sitting on the floor watching or playing the game. And then dinner rolled around and I was still playing that same game. And I just let it play out while we had dinner. And when dinner was over, I still had the game was still going because I'd racked up, you know, X amount of free guys or, or whatever. And I think that, if I'm not mistaken, was the second to last time I ever played Asteroids. I just ended up shutting it off because, you know, there was nowhere else to go with it. And I played it one other time when we moved to Colorado. My brother and I went to uh, Elitch's amusement park and they had a small arcade and they had Asteroids and I hadn't played it in, in years. And I thought, oh, this should be fun. So I put a quarter in the machine and in less than five minutes, I was just bored to tears with it. And I ended up just walking away. So I don't see Asteroids ever being in my future. But these were games that were so fun growing up with. And I remember when Asteroids first came out at the arcade, we were really excited because now that finally freed up the Space Invaders machine because now everybody wanted to go check out Asteroids and everybody would be huddled around the game while somebody played. And it wasn't people you knew. It was just whoever could squeeze in the front to watch. And these things were a really big deal when they first came out. Um, now, of course, everything's done in such mass that, you know, except for like a big Blizzard game or something coming out, um, it's it's not that big of a deal or unless a new system comes out, which times people are still camping out in front of stores and stuff. But it was a different time back then. And it's it's really amazing considering the minimal capacity that these cartridges and game systems had. I mean, you can't you can't write an email now for the max capacity that you had in an Atari uh, the system or the cartridges. And I think it was like one was 4k and one was 8k or one was 2k and one was 4k. And I literally, that's an email header really nowadays. So it's really fascinating. And then, then they started getting more advanced with music and a little bit better graphics and, uh, you know, better motion and things and, and watching things progress from games like Pong and Breakout to, uh, and if you had the deluxe, when you had the one with the gun where you had skeet shoot, um, Watching these things progress to what we have now with games like House of the Dead, which, you know, is kind of a, a 3D walkthrough and Dance Revolution and, and some of these other things. I mean, coming from Dragon's Lair to House of the Dead, it's been a pretty amazing progression. So now, of course, everything you can play on, on your PC because you have much more memory and room to store bigger games. The soundtracks are, are becoming hugely popular. Um, my friends Airlie Brighton and, and Julie Elvin have sung on those soundtracks and uh, my friend Tina Guo has played on some of those soundtracks and it's it's really amazing now what they're actually putting into these things. They're really becoming much more of a cinematic experience than they are just uh, you know a video game. And uh, I think I suppose that was a natural progression, but that's really cool to see. So seeing my my cousin, Lady Lone Wanderer, that uh, I didn't realize she'd been doing this for four years. And then she crafts some items and stuff based off one of the games, which is pretty cool. So um, really excited to talk to her about uh, about that. And, and I learned so much in the interview and I hope that you enjoy it, too. And she's just fun to talk to. Um and just a little bit of housekeeping, the Haskin Cast podcast now has its own Facebook page, of course, because eventually you have to do that. The links are in the um, are in the show notes. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's been a good time. And, and here is episode 32.
And just to show that there is no nepotism on the show whatsoever, let's bring on my cousin, Lady Lone Wanderer. Lady, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. I don't know why, but my voice always hits some ridiculous pitch when I hit the words coming on. Almost like I've just hit puberty, and I don't know why that happens. It's very strange. Well, since the last time I saw you, it feels like I haven't hit puberty because I haven't seen you <laughs> that long. So maybe I'm stuck kind of in that little age vortex. So it could be, it could happen. It very well could be. And I, I don't know exactly how old you were. I don't know if you were quite a teenager yet, but it, it, at the latest, it would have been when you were just hitting your teens. Oh, gosh, the, the golden years. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still working on creating those for myself. <laughs> so I... I did not realize uh, until uh, I was thinking about it the other day. And and that's why I reached out to you because I didn't realize how long you've been doing like game streaming on Twitch. It's been what, about four years? Yep. Four years next week. And for those of of us, including me, because I really don't know what Twitch is, what is Twitch? Uh, Twitch is a website to where you can live stream you playing games, interact with people And they've expanded it to where you don't need to just play games. You can do creative stuff. You can make, you know, any items. People do chain mailing. People do cooking. Um, You could just do a wide variety of things while talking to people. And you meet all these people from around the world that watch you and chat with you. So it's a very community-oriented broadcasting software. And um, a lot of people do that for uh, gaming competitions and whatnot as well. That's pretty cool. And do you mostly stick to the games or do you do some other stuff? I mostly stick to the games, um, but I'm something called a variety streamer. So I kind of switch between different genres of games. Um, I also make some uh, video game props from the game Fallout. Um, So I just kind of stick to a wide range of different stuff that I'm interested in. And it's very interesting to see how many people have that same interest and come in and watch you and chat with you. It's really become uh, almost like film and music. This is almost becoming its own category. Basically, yeah, it's it's really close to it. It's a huge thing. And besides cable TV, this is actually um, a place where people can watch you know, marathons of old shows that Twitch goes ahead and puts on. And also, uh, like I said before, gaming competitions and tournaments that people can watch on there too. And was this something that kind of started to really gain popularity after group games like uh, World of Warcraft? Oh, definitely. Yes, definitely. And some of the highest uh, viewable games are still World of Warcraft to this day. It's pretty amazing to me, and and I've never played World of Warcraft. I played uh, Diablo one and and the second uh, the second one with the expansion battle chest thing, uh, but and and I just don't have as much time as I would like to do those kinds of things. But uh, of course, I grew up on on Atari and in television and games like that. But I love what a community this has become. I understand that they even like when when a character dies or if someone in in a party in real life dies. They'll actually like do funerals and, and, and parties and stuff for these people within the games. Yeah, they will. Uh, people really do connect on a personal level with the characters in the game they're playing. People that are watching connect on a personal level, too. So it's kind of like a, 
like they're interacting with a movie or interacting with a show, but they're actually speaking to these people. So it's very, very interesting to watch and see how much it has unfolded over the years. Right, because you're not speaking through whatever minimal recording the character might have. You're actually using microphones and really talking to people in real time. Definitely, yes. Um, sometimes there will be about a, a two to four second delay of what you see and uh, what they hear and see you do beside, uh, you know, between you looking at their what they're typing to you and reading off what they're typing. Um, and people actually use webcams now, uh, me included, just so people can put a face onto who they're talking to if people are comfortable enough to do so. Yeah. Do a lot of people do that or are a lot of people kind of like, because I would imagine a lot of gamers are, are more introverted and shy, except within that community, do, do a lot of people use webcams or is that kind of a newer thing? Um, I see majority of people, I see a lot of them using webcams. A lot of people use green screens in the background of their camera, which is what I do as well, um, to kind of do little fun things with that. But it has grown over the years to where more people are using webcams. But then you have those people that are shy to just do the microphone and not using a camera. Right. So when they're, when you use your green screen, am I seeing something on that while you're streaming live? Or is that something that you do after uh, for, for the upload? No, that's while I'm live. Oh, wow. um, I put like little fun backgrounds in the back and little fun things. Um, and, you know, some streamers don't have a green screen. Some of them do. And basically, uh, depending on the streamer's persona, you know, it will present how they have their community and, you know, what they do with their webcams and green, green screens and stuff like that. Wow. I didn't realize that you could do that live. I mean, working in film, uh, green screen is always a post-production thing for me. So it's always an after the fact uh, type thing. Like when I'm working on a film, I'll see the actors working on the green and mm -hmm. and I'm doing my music while the editor is putting in all the, the effects. So to be able to do that live, that's pretty sweet. Oh yeah. It's, it's a really awesome feature to do. And it's luckily it was very easy for me to figure out cause I'm not really tech savvy. Um, so it was really quick and easy to figure out and set up. So everyone loves it and enjoys it. Uh, so far. So it's uh, pretty, pretty interesting. I like that. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen a little bit of people streaming video games. I watched some uh, like videos on YouTube of people doing uh, fast runs through video games, trying to break world records and things like that. Um, but when you're doing like, how long do you usually stream for at a time? Um, well, I used to stream four or five days a week, but with me working so much uh, Monday through Friday, I limited myself to three days a week. Usually my schedules are Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Thursdays and Fridays are generally a couple hours. Saturdays are my big day after I go ahead and thoroughly clean the house every week. Um, <laughs> right. I go ahead, yeah, um, I have to, uh, well, I don't have to, but I, I choose to stream six plus hours. Wow. That's a long time. Oh yeah. Depending on the type of game, especially if they're role-playing games, I like to invest a lot of time because I'm very into story driven games. So I like to make sure I have enough time to be able to play the game, get in depth with the story and stop at a good stopping point. Mm -hmm. Do you, uh, when you first get a brand new game, do you wait to kind of get used to it before you stream it? Or do you just say, Hey, we're going to learn this thing together? 
Nah, I go in blind, man. I go in blind and we start it together. And uh, I put a little tag on it saying no spoilers, just in case someone's like beaten the game before me so that people don't come into our chat room and spoil the game for me. That's good. I like that. Now, so you have a chat room that you're running at the same time that you're playing the game. Is it difficult to kind of go back and forth and or, or do you respond verbally, I would imagine, to the chat room while you're playing? I respond verbally. I have two monitors, um, the main monitors for my games or whatever I'm doing at the time. And my second monitor that's right next to that one has the chat up so I can see what people are typing. Um, and also if people send me a follow or subscribe to my channel or anything like that, I can see that as well on my second monitor. So I do keep up with the chat very promptly. Um, I, it was something to get used to. Um, but luckily got a handle on it. So it's, it's pretty good. Cause I would imagine if you're in the middle of some sort of intense battle or interaction in the game and somebody comes in and goes, Hey, where can I get this game? You're not going to want to stop in the middle of the battle and answer that question. I mean, it probably takes a certain amount of, uh, you know, uh, you guys understand I'm really busy right now. So I'll get to you in a minute. Yes, I actually do say that. Um, we're actually working on, uh, the new game kingdom hearts three and I, lots of battles in that game. So if, if there's a cut scene that we're trying to listen to or a boss battle, I always say, all right, hold on guys, let's go ahead and listen to this cut scene or give me a moment. I'm in a battle. I will read your chats afterwards. And they completely all understand. And, um, people always assume when they come in, oh, she's in the middle of a fight. We're going to, you know, She's probably not going to talk until afterwards. So I would hope that that would be a fairly uh, respectful environment because the people that are mm-hmm. going to watch you are more likely gamers themselves or people that just enjoy the art. Definitely. Yes. Um, a lot of people do come in and, uh, you know, they understand how it works with games and concentrating. But there are some people that are like, oh, I've never played this game before or this isn't my type of game. Some people that don't play the games that I stream, they still join in just for conversation's sake, which is really nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they if they enjoy you and they enjoy, you know, just your interaction, the game might be a, a reason to watch you. But if they enjoy you, then that's another reason to watch, even if the topic like I might have people that tune into the podcast and maybe they're not interested in a particular guest, but they might listen to the show just because they enjoy the general conversation of the show. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, have you had any any instances where you've had to block or ban people? Oh, all the time. Oh, really? All the time. But it's fun. We make it fun. And, you know, people come in and say a lot of terrible derogatory things. Like they say, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to rape you or you should kill yourself type things. And at first, when I first started, that did take effect on me. I'm just like, wow, that's terrible. But as you go on, you grow a thick skin and you realize these people are just sitting on their computers trying to get a rise out of you and make you feel bad because that's their goal. They're just talking through a keyboard. Right. So basically we made it fun and we have little sound clips and, you know, funny little dances and stuff to get rid of these people we call trolls. So the people that come in, talk bad about you, your community, the game, or just kind of mess around um, and say bad things. They're called trolls. But we have banned so many people um, 
I got actually something called raided by a plethora of trolled people um, from this website called 4chan before it was taken down. And uh, it was literally 50 people just trolling back to back to back to back. But we were able to get rid of those people very quickly because uh, some of the people, the loyal people that I have watch me are called my moderators. And they can go ahead and remove people from the chat and ban them from my channel okay. if they're out of line. Good. So you don't have to do everything yourself. You have a team of people that look after you. Correct. I actually haven't had to do anything myself for a long, long time. What do you think, and, and I realize that this is just total speculation, but what do you think it is about a person that, and I, I get that it's easy to puff out your chest when you're sitting behind a computer in your mom's basement and no one's going to you know retaliate against you physically, uh, but what do you think it is about a person that would want to do that to someone? Because that really is horrible. Um, I believe it's a couple different things. I believe it's a low self-esteem. I also believe it's people saying, oh, everyone else is doing this. I want to be cool. So they kind of live in the norm and want to be part of the, um, you know, the same cycle that everyone's doing. They want to be part of the, the fun stuff when it's not really fun. So they see other people doing it. They think it's cool. So they want to go ahead and be cool and do it too. It, you know, and I mean, bullying has been around since forever. And I, mm -hmm. I get that that's never really going to go away. There's always going to be some element of it. But that that just sounds in, in, in the words and in the tone of the meaning of those words, it just sounds so hideous to get online and tell somebody they should kill themselves or that they're going to get raped. I mean, there, there isn't much worse that you could say to a person than those kind of things. Right, exactly. And that's the thing, too, is like, luckily with Twitch, you can actually go into the settings of your channel and type in certain words you want banned from your chat. So if people do chat those words, like the word rape, I have banned. So if someone types that word, it blocks it out completely. So they can't oh. type it out. Yeah. If okay. they do type it out, it blocks it out completely and it won't look like they said it. Does it take any uh, action against them uh, as a user? If they do two banned words, they will be automatically banned. Wow. That's yeah. good. I love that we're using at least the technology to do some really good things. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because otherwise I wouldn't be, you know, this, it wouldn't be as simple as how it's been if uh, Twitch didn't take, you know, threats and any talking like this seriously. Yeah, because this is, I mean, it's about playing games and having conversation. This should be fun and lighthearted. I mean, if you're in the middle of a really intense battle and maybe you have a couple of sanities that split that slip out of your mouth, that's understandable. But mm -hmm. I mean, for, for the general environment, it should be a safe, fun, enjoyable place. And you can't do that if you have to worry about people coming in and treating you that way. Exactly. And that's the thing, you know, because then they ruin the tone of the rest of your stream, which has happened to me in the beginning when I first did this. Um, you just got to get a handling on it and uh, see how you're going to go ahead and approach situations that, you know, come about with stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very glad that they do what they can. And, and it, you can't catch everything. And I get that. 
um, even me, if when I first started posting videos of my music on YouTube, I actually got warnings that I was uh, violating copyright. And oh, they do the same sort of things. They have certain um, uh, like watchers almost that look for certain things. And if it's something mm-hmm. that reaches their database and, the, and it recognizes, like, I think it's two seconds of it or whatever, then it sends you a warning. Uh, and mm-hmm. then you can, you know, I, I obviously had to reconcile, hey, this is my own music. I can give myself a license. But it kind of sounds like it uses the same type of software to filter out certain actions coming in and identify those and mark them. Um, yeah. Do you, now you play different kinds of games and obviously some are more violent and some are more cute. Uh, do you have different rating scales to let potential uh, watchers know the level of game you're playing? Um, well, I actually automatically have my channel marked as M for mature oh, okay. so that they have to press a button in order for them to enter. But the problem is, is that sometimes, you know, the adult websites that I've been told ask for like the age criteria and it's easy for them to do it because they can lie about their birth date. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't have that with Twitch. They just press a button that says, Hey, this uh, stream is rated M for mature. They're like, okay. So people young age still do show up to my knowledge. You know, if they just don't say anything, they probably do. Um, but the thing with Twitch is that whatever you're doing, you can set that game to it saying, hey, I'm streaming this game. And then you can put whatever title you want. Um, so I generally say, um, you know, I'm playing this game. Um, I, the reason why I'm M for Mature is because I have the language level of over 9,000. I have a very bad mouth, but it's <laughs> not. The only thing you won't hear out of my mouth is politics, religion, race, gender stuff. That's all you won't hear from me. But, you know, I have the mouth of a sailor. So that's, you know, mainly why, especially when I rage at games and stuff like that. But they only have a button that you can go ahead and press, you know, that, oh, this is unfamature. Okay. But people can still enter at their, you know, own free will. Right. And and you're right. I mean, there's only so much that you could do to stop somebody. And, and I know there's been lawsuits over people that have done donations and stuff to players because they were kids that mm-hmm. weren't authorized, but they took mom and dad's credit card. And, you know, they, they there's only so much you can do to block that. Um, because, I mean, other than getting everyone's driver's license and who's going to take the, you know, it wouldn't be a fun environment if you had to wait three days or four days or whatever to get that. And even then, I could send in a copy of my dad's driver's license, and you're not going to know it's not me. Right, exactly. So that doesn't help, you mm-hmm. know. Now, uh, do you have people, like, is there a um, like a monetary thing? Do people donate to you so that you can make these uh, props or to buy games or anything like that? Uh, people can choose to donate to me if they like. Um, and they have us set up to where if people do choose to donate, it goes straight to our PayPal account. Uh, well, my PayPal account. Um, people can also subscribe to my cha- uh, my channel, and there's three different options. There's like a $5 one, $10, and $25, and they get different benefits, such as, you know, I'll send one of my props to them, to their house if they want, um, and a bunch of different other miscellaneous things. Um, but they can choose to if they wish. I always tell them that it's not necessary. I do this for fun. I don't do it for money. Um, but anything that I receive donation wise 
from streaming from anyone. I actually put it towards upgrading my PC, buying other games, buying, you know, any other um, things for my computer, like a new webcam or a new computer, I meant new uh, microphone. Um, so anything that I make towards that, I, I put towards making the stream more advanced and quality proficient. That's really cool. And do they also buy you in-game items like, you know, uh, weapons or armor or things like that or give you money in the game? Or is everything outside of the game for you to use as, as you will? Everything is outside of the game as I, w- uh, as I wish. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will actually, um, there's a program on PC called Steam and it has all the games and stuff on there. Um, so people can actually gift me video games from my wish list if they want oh. uh, as well. So that can actually happen too. But if they just want to uh, donate to me directly and say, hey, you can choose to do whatever you want with this, um, you know, here you go. Then it goes straight to my PayPal. That's really cool. I, I like that that people would want to do that, that they want to support people doing stuff that they enjoy because it seems in this world a lot, people want things for free. Yes, exactly. And this is a lot of time and obviously money that you've invested even just to get to the point where you could do this at all. I mean, you can't oh, yes. just, you know, use your run of the mill laptop. It's got to have a good graphics card. It's got to have good processors. It's got to have RAM, you know. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, and especially since uh, my husband went to uh, college for, uh, Oh, whoa, what What the hell did he go? Oh, computer programming. Wow, great part. <laughs> um, yeah, he went for uh, computer programming. Um, so he, he actually built my PC from the ground up. And um, so he he made sure that it was going to run and, you know, stay running and all of that. So, um, you know, making sure that I have, like, sufficient upgrades and such. Is there a uh, is there a minimum speed or or amount of RAM that you would suggest to people if they were looking to build a system to do this? Um, I don't know for sure, but I would say graphics wise, have at least a nine sixty graphics card. Um, you know, especially if you're not even playing high end games, mm-hmm. it just makes the stream smoother and whatever bit rate, uh, your computer will actually automatically put on there when you install the program. Um, make sure you go ahead and do that one because any higher bit rate than what your computer can handle, it will make the stream very laggy and choppy and no one's going to be able to watch. Yeah. That's like watching the Blair Witch. Yes. <laughs> Now, what what is it that attracts you to a particular game? Is it obviously there's there's going to be multiple elements, whether it's the 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 ch- the quests or the sound or the playability? Is there something in particular that you're really attracted to? Story, um, also game mechanics, uh, depending on if the game moves well. Also, um, music is a big thing with me. I actually listen to a lot of video game music to kind of just, you know, make me relax and all of that is because it gives me kind of a nostalgia effect, especially games from like back when I first started playing video games at a young age, that stuff really, you know, really takes effect. And, um, basically I don't give into like the hype, meaning like if people, if like literally everyone in the world's playing this one game, you know, I'm not going to play it just because everybody else is. 
Um, but I really love role-playing games. It just needs to have a good story and uh, good characters and everything like that. So it's, it's kind of just all over the place. I really love how much they've evolved over the, you know, of course I'm, I'm old, but uh, over the, the years, because it used to be that you would get a booklet that would give you the backstory and then the game was whatever the game was. But now the game, you actually feel like you're growing the story because you're getting it from one place to another. You're actually building it as you go. Exactly. And it, it's very, very advanced nowadays. And sometimes I actually like to go back into the, uh, retro games and playing like you know original fallout from 1997 like i will play that like religiously and just you know humor is another factor in games that i enjoy i like having you know dialogue with humor in it oh yeah yeah that definitely adds to the fun do you play mostly by yourself or do you do like group campaigns with others I mostly uh, play games by myself. If I want to play with a bunch of people, we'll usually play like kind of party type games. Um, and I don't really do it often, but it's kind of like relaxing. Let's have a good time. Let's laugh type of games. Not like, you know, some of those serious type games to where you really need to like work together and stuff because I'm not good at that type of stuff so <laughs> that's kind of why i've avoided that kind of not because you're not good yeah. at it, but uh because i i find in in life like you really have to just stick to people that you can that have proven themselves dependable and exactly. if i'm going to spend my time doing something like that i would only want to work with certain people and a lot of times you just you have to go with who's online at the time exactly and that's the thing like not everyone's schedule you know meshes up and it's kind of hard to coordinate when you guys would play something like that. Yeah, for sure. Now, when you're doing like a six-hour stream, that's that's a really long time. Do you have scheduled breaks in there that you get up and get coffee or water or whatever? Um, I don't have scheduled breaks. I just kind of, you know, do what I want and, you know, get up whenever I want. Um, and I also have a something called a bot in my little chat box. Every hour, it will remind me to stay hydrated, and it says that you should have drank this many ounces of water. Oh. So that kind of helps me keep track. If I lose track of time, especially when I'm into a game, I'll see in the chat, hey, I should have drank this much water. That's awesome, because it is so easy to lose all sense of reality when you're in a different world. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people fail to realize that that's why breaks are important, getting up walking around for a couple minutes. It's really important. Now, when you do get up, um, is there, does your screen switch, switch to something like a little movie intermission type screen? Or do people just look at your chair for a couple minutes? Um, it depends. I usually have a uh, be right back screen. The best thing about Twitch is that you can make everything your own. So everything that everyone sees is what you have made and created. So uh, usually when I have my Be Right Back screen, I have little funny memes and pictures just kind of in a slideshow so that they can be a little bit of entertained while I'm, there, while I'm gone for a few minutes. That's cool. Mm -hmm. What happens when you're done with your stream? Does the stream save somewhere that people who couldn't watch it live can see it? Yes. Um, all of my streams are actually um, in the past broadcast section. 
and uh, people can view it. Um, but after 120 days, Twitch goes ahead and starts deleting them. But during the stream, uh, viewers that are watching you can make something called clips. And they're about 30 seconds. If they found something funny happened during the stream, they can go ahead and make a uh, video clip of it, which lasts as long as my channel does. Oh. So they, those are there to stay. Okay. So I, I remember seeing something uh, not too long ago where there was some uh, hidden thing in Mario Brothers that the people that were doing the world record speed runs ac accidentally came across. So if you were to be playing and you came across something like that, you could have somebody or, or you could clip that and save that so that you could go back and, and figure out how you did it. Correct. But then after 120 days, if you don't screen capture it somehow, or do you have the ability to save it or download that as a clip? Um, you can, the clips are permanently staying. It's oh. the full past broadcasts okay. um, that are only there for like 120 days. Um, the clips are there to stay completely. You can make your own clips. Your viewers can make clips from your videos. You can go back into the past broadcasts and make clips again, which is actually what I need to do. Um, <laughs> but if they don't have, uh, for my viewers that I made, if they can't, if they don't have the ability to make a clip, like they're watching on the app on their phone and they don't have the ability to make a clip, they can just type exclamation mark clip and it will timestamp it and it goes to a notepad document on my computer and it shows me the timestamp that they did that and I go back and make the clip. Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it really helps, especially if there's something I want to save. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a little more work for you, but I mean, you're, that's a great way to take care of your, your watchers. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. So when you first started doing this, I mean, obviously you were just, you just got on and started doing it, but how do you build a following for something like this? Um, basically joining on Facebook, any, uh, gaming groups, um, any specific game that you stream, joining that specific game groups. Also, Twitter has helped a lot too. I post a lot on Twitter. Um, it, and also just befriending other streamers. Something called networking is really important because it's not about the numbers with Twitch. It's about, um, you know, networking with other streamers and having that community with your channel is a really big thing. So um, just building that report with streamers is a huge, huge, huge factor. Yeah, I can understand that. It, it's interesting because in, in my business, you know, doing mostly music, it's, it's almost the opposite. It's like, you really don't want to go after musicians to, to kind of uh, support you because we're all busy doing our own thing. Exactly. You know, but, mm -hmm. but there it's, it's more of a camaraderie. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to say, Hey, you know, you don't want to go into a streamer's stream and say, Hey, follow me on my channel. That's just bad advertising. That's just showing you're greedy. You don't care, blah, blah, blah. That's why, you know, friending so many streamers and stuff and actually having non-stream related conversations with them, it actually makes them want to support you more. And that has what ha happened to me. I've made so many friends with people and we just all support each other because we enjoy each other's company and having conversation on a non-streaming level. 
Yeah. And I think that's really the key to everything in life because people that just like you as a person, if you get to know each other as people, will more mm-hmm. likely want to do a project or something with you than they would if you're just like, okay, well, we met in a chat room and we're both gamers and we both play this game, so let's play or, you know, what it just it doesn't have that same connection. Right, exactly. Now, when when how did you get into actually sort of making some of the props from the games? Is it mostly weapons or do you do the armor? No, the props are very minimal. Um, I just make the uh, bottles and bottle caps because the bottle caps were used as currency in the game. Oh. So, um, and since Fallout is what, you know, happens after nuclear bombs fall and everything's destroyed and blah, blah, blah. Um, So I just make the bottles and the bottle caps and I've made so many and I give them to my subscribers because they, you know, they paid to subscribe to my channel. So the least I can do is to send them a little gift if they choose to do so. Um, and I've made probably over 600 bottle caps. Wow. And probably just 10 bottles, but the bottles take a little bit longer to make. I used to make them while I was streaming um, in the creative category but I haven't done it in a while because I haven't really been in the mood to do so. So it's kind of like stream what you want to do at the, at the time. But um, I just decided to just start making them because I figured out they were very easy and quick to make. They look impressive, though. I've seen the pictures of some of the stuff that you've done. And I, I remember when I first saw it, I thought I, I had no connection to why you were doing it. I just, you know, to me, they were just bottle caps that you were making. But I thought, Mm -hmm. where did you learn how to do this? This is not your average uh, craft project. Um, I saw a couple photos of people um, doing them, but I didn't really fully see what they were doing. I started figuring it out on my own and kind of experimented because I kind of I like to figure things out on my own, how I want to do a process like that. And so I went ahead and just started messing with shoe polish to make it look gritty and that it survived a nuclear bomb and stuff like that to kind of make it look like how it looks in the game and make it very uh, dirty and bent and scratched and everything. So I started playing with it and then I just found a system and just started knocking them out. Well, yeah, once you get into a, a, a pattern or an algorithm, things definitely get easier, but you've really mastered that, that uh, old vintage look. That was, the, I think, what struck me immediately was how uh, aged everything looked. Shoe polish. Wow. <laughs> I would have <laughs> yeah, never guessed shoe that. shoe polish. Yeah, I know. Not many people do guess that. They're like, oh, you just use black paint. I'm like, nah, shoe polish. So does it, does it rub off or does it kind of like soak into the cap after a while? Uh, no. Once it's dry, I actually put a finishing coat on the whole bottle cap so that everything stays in place so you don't have shoe polish or paint or glue coming off on your fingers, Um, especially since I actually make the bottle caps into necklaces too. So, um, you know, I don't want it to rub off on anyone. So (laughs) I use, yeah, right. Um, (laughs) So I just put this finishing stuff on it. I'm sorry. I was just picturing that, you know, it was just like coming into my head like a woman walking down the street and there's this little black mark that just keeps getting bigger as she, as she moves. (laughs) This keeps getting there. What is that? What's <laughs> right. happening? But that makes sense because I, when I used to uh, do uh, like pastel drawings and things, we used to spray them with hairspray afterwards so that it, that it wouldn't be dusty and, and mm-hmm. the chalk wouldn't rub off. 
So that does make a lot of sense. And is that, now how did you, was that what led you to get into doing cosplay or were you already doing that before? No, I was already doing cosplay before. Um, but you know, cosplay costs money and stuff. I can't make my own stuff with cosplaying. So I actually buy the costumes and, you know, adjust them to however they fit me and stuff like that and make sure they do. Um, but I was cosplaying prior. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that do that and it seems like, uh, people really, really enjoy that. And you get to, do you, do you just put on the costume or do you kind of like change your mentality and you get into being someone else? I, depending on where we're at, um, cause a lot of times, uh, me and my husband are really big into, uh, comic-con conventions and uh when we dress up when i dress up preferably um i like to take on that character's persona at least try a little bit um like rogue from the original x-men i really just love her you know southern like kind of smart ass kind of personality so i try to be like her and um, a lot of the anime characters that I cosplay as, too, I like to try and be like them because it's like for a few moments, you're kind of away from reality a little bit. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's a little bit, you know, it's a little sweet to just be away from that and not have to worry about work or other real life issues and stuff. So sure. I, I absolutely love Comic-Con. I went uh, a couple years uh, when I went, lived in Arizona, and that's one of the, uh, the bigger ones, as I understand it. But what I loved most about it was that people went all out on their cosplays. I mean, there was mm-hmm. a guy that went as Pyramid Head, and he had the like a full-size helmet, and he was carrying around a big sickle. And he was carrying that around all day in this crowded uh, Comic-Con. And mm-hmm. I just love how... how deep and and how far people go with these things oh yeah it's it's beyond ridiculous and that's another thing too is like when we go to conventions cosplay just like twitch brings people together and it's just an amazing thing that's what makes cosplay awesome because you can talk to each other about the costumes and character you are and it's just fantastic Absolutely. The The downside for me was that I didn't know most of the characters because I'm way underversed in pop culture and, and uh, movies and things because I, I just don't watch that many. But I, I can appreciate the, the depth and the level that people put into it. Uh, I was in line for, for a bottle of water or something and I was standing behind this girl and she turned and we started talking. And I asked her, I said, how long did it take you to make that shield? And she said, 28 hours. Wow. And I mean, it was very, very detailed, very polished, very intricate. Uh, But I mean, that's 28 hours of her life that she spent making a shield to go to a convention, not even as somebody who was trying to sell something or trying to, you know, gain fans or anything. She just did it because she wanted to be that character. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing, you know, and it's so awesome to see what people dress up as because it kind of tells a story about them and what they enjoy. So it's, it's really, really awesome. And actually um, my husband is actually probably the one out of both of us. He actually makes, uh, he does chain mail stuff. So he makes a lot of stuff and uh, you know, people put a lot of hard work into that and into their craft and they just want to show it off and be proud of it. And they should, because that's something I could never do personally. 
Yeah, and and chainmail is very intricate. That takes a long time and a lot of patience. Yes, and he, you know, he works a lot too. And uh, the the time that he doesn't work, he spends a lot of time just chain mailing, and it's it's a huge passion for him too. It's like his time. Streaming's kind of my time. Chain mailing is his time. Well, and I would imagine that helps your relationship too, because I've always felt that a good relationship would have a combination of you you have your work time, you have your together time, but everybody needs their me time. Exactly, and that's that's a huge factor, and like especially after being together for almost 11 years, it's like you adjust to that kind of lifestyle. It's so hard for me to imagine that you've been with somebody for 11 years because in my (laughs) mind, you're still, you know, like 12 or 13 or whatever, uh, just because we haven't seen each other in so long. Um, Now, the other thing that I really like about Comic-Con, and and tell me if you don't really agree with this, but it seems like a fairly safe and respectable zone where... um, I've never really seen people make fun of other people, no matter how good or how low quality their costumes are. It's kind of like everybody really supports each other because they understand that everybody can make an expensive, elaborate costume. Right. Yeah. No, I haven't seen. I mean, we've been going to conventions for I don't know how many years now. And personally, we haven't really experienced anyone making fun of anyone for their cosplays. Everyone plays really nice. Everyone gets so excited when they see people dressed up as their favorite character and you know people are just complete strangers and it's it's really really nice to see so we haven't experienced any types of those bullying or anything that's so good there's so much we could learn as a society from that kind of mentality i think exactly i completely agree yeah is there now are there are there certain types of characters that you definitely don't like to cosplay is there something you, that you're more attracted to not particularly um it kind of just it it goes in like a little um little flushes it depends on my mood at the time like that time of year like oh i've been into this game for the past year and you know i've been into this show for the past year so it kind of just you know takes a factor into what i'm interested in at that time there's not something that i hate dressing up as um everything that i dress up as i like some more than others but i'm not to where it's like, you know, oh, I hate doing this one. Mm-hmm. Do you worry about trends? Like, because something might be popular, there might be 50 other people that are dressed as that. Or do you say, you know what? I don't care. This is who I want to be this time. I say, I don't care, but you do definitely see trends. Like Harley Quinn's always a big thing. Always. We see, I like to, uh, I like to play a little game saying how many Harley Quinn's can I see at this convention? <laughs> So, um, especially if like, you know, like if, if a movie comes out, like when Deadpool came out, so many people cosplayed as Deadpool, which is fine. I have nothing against that, but I kind of like, liked making a little game out of it saying, Ooh, how many? Right. Well, for some reason here, and I don't know exactly why it is, but, but the cons that we have here are very small. Um, of course we're fairly close to San Diego and we're not far from Phoenix, which are two of the bigger ones. But yeah. uh, but you would think that Vegas, because we get all these conventions, we get, you know, so many people coming here, you would think it would be big here, but it isn't. So what we have is people go all out for Halloween. And I can tell you the year that Suicide Squad came out, probably every fifth person I saw was dressed as Harley Quinn. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it got to the point where it was almost annoying because there were just, I mean, just so many. 
Oh yeah. I, I can see it. I can definitely see it. And like, it's, it's pretty interesting because anytime a movie comes out, you're like, wow, I wonder how many people are going to cosplay as this. And like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to see where everyone's mind goes at that point. Right. I mean, you would almost think that more people would say, oh, so many people are going to be Harley Quinn. I want to be, I don't want to be just another one, at least either do a different take on the character or do something else because of that anticipation. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, but, but at the same point, uh, I, I'm not disrespecting them because I think it's cool that they even bothered to dress up, that they took the time to do something that was going to be fun or that they felt that would be fun or interesting. And I have to get behind that. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Now, uh, are there any, uh, are you a big, like, I, I want to get autographs and do the, the photography with the celebrity kind of people, or do you just kind of like go around and see what's happening at these cons? Oh, no, we're big, big, big into it, especially if conventions are more than one day. We actually, you know, plan our days out with that type of thing. Um, Actually, this year for uh, Megacon in Orlando, there's a lot of people there. Christopher Lloyd's going to be there. Michael J. Fox. Wow. Um, yeah. And the cast from Smallville and the cast from the Goonies, uh, Boy Meets World. I mean, Pamela Anderson's going to be there. Um, oh. <laughs> but so many people are there. That seems random because she she's not like a she hasn't done anything like super heroine or anything, has she? No, uh, not to my knowledge. But um, it's it's really interesting because. Um, a lot of people do, um, you know, want pictures of, of these people and, you know, we're the same way, especially if we have something like we're really big into power Rangers. So, um, anytime, like any of the power Rangers, we're going to be at a convention where like, we need to get, you know, get all of them to sign this one thing. Right. And, um, you know, it was a huge, huge, huge thing. Well, I think that's especially interesting because Christopher Lloyd does not make a lot of public appearances. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He's pretty private. So for him to come out, and obviously they're going to probably do something with Back to the Future since Michael J. Fox will be there. But that's pretty awesome that you'll get a chance to see him. Oh, yes. And it's it's really, really interesting um, for the fact that he's going to be there. Now, the problem is, is that depending on who you want to get an autograph or photo with, the money can be pretty pricey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that uh, William Shatner, uh, when he came to Phoenix, that was probably the priciest one. Um, but but his line was tremendous. Yes. Yes. And um, we actually met Stan Lee about five years ago. And um, he was uh, 150 per person. Is that all really? Yeah, it was just, yeah, 150 per person. Now, when I met Elijah Wood last year, who was like my first crush when I was a teenager, I had to meet him. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't have enough money to get an autograph and a picture. So I had to decide because it was $100 each. So I'm like, oh. well, what do I want? Do I want an autograph or do I want a picture? So I decided a picture. Yeah. Because I wanted to, you know, capture that moment. So, you know, I wanted it to to stay there. So it was, it was well worth it though. Well worth it. That's it's interesting how they break that up though, because 
you know, if, if you're already taking the picture, what is it to sign the autograph? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like three more seconds, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I that's that must have been cool to meet him. He seems like he would be a nice guy. He's a really really nice guy. He's very laid back, and it's great because you can talk to them for you know a couple minutes or two, um, and just really laid back, very just sweet and generous, and is like, oh, you know, I'll, I you know I'll talk to you for a while, and just wants to get to know you type thing. And some celebrities are like that, some aren't like that. So, great. Yeah, and it's it seems like the ones that you pay more for, you get less from. Yes, definitely. You know, definitely. like, like uh, it's just a quick picture or it's just a quick hug or handshake or or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard rumors that some of the celebrities here that do those kinds of uh, meet and greets before, like after their show might be eight or nine hundred dollars. And you'll you'll be lucky if you even get a picture. Yep, it's a shame. But it's nice. to It's always nice to hear when people are, um, you know, uh, real and that they're they're human beings and they're not uh I'm a celebrity and you're somebody who wants to pay to talk to a celebrity. Yeah, exactly. Um there was actually one celebrity. We didn't we didn't meet them. Um but it was at the same convention that uh we went to to see Stan Lee. And you know who Carrie Elwes is, right? I do not. He is the guy that plays um, Wesley in Princess Bride. Oh, okay. And, you know, I, uh, my sister, you know, you know, Hope, obviously. I do. Cousin. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I, you know, I was going to get an autograph for Hope in a picture. Well, it also depends on the celebrities, managers and stuff that set up the price and how they want things ran. Um, we were in line and... Someone took a picture from their phone and the flash went off of him while we were standing in line. And it was like a person in front of us or something. And the flash went off and then Carrie Eloise saw the flash and ran in the back behind the curtain and security went up to that person and made them delete the picture. Wow. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Not worth it. Because he didn't look happy talking to people. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem he was very, you know, personable. He didn't seem like he wanted to be there. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want my vibe ruined. I'm not going to do that. So. Yeah. And that, and, you know, I can understand after so many hours and talking to so many people, it does get draining. But at the same point, it's kind of like, you know, that's that's how you get cast in movies is because of your popularity in, in some cases. And, but I think that you, you really hit something important. You said that depending on how their manager has set it up. And I think it's important to, to note that when you're talking about things like the pricing and it's a hundred dollars for a picture and another hundred for an autograph, that's not necessarily what the, the person said they want because they're controlled by whoever manages them. Exactly. Exactly. They, they are managed by who is, is taking care of the money, who's taking care of just everything about it. Right. Well, I am glad that you got to meet Stan uh, before he passed. I, oh, yeah. uh, I, I have a friend uh, who knew him very well, and unfortunately, I did not get the chance to meet him. I went to a, uh, a con in, in L.A. a few years ago, and uh, he was just overloaded with people. So I didn't get the chance to meet him that day. And that was my one chance. But, but I've heard uh, in interviews from guys like Kevin Smith, who've worked with him, that, that he really like embodies that, 
that life all the time. Like when he oh, meets yeah. you, he'll call you spider friend and things like that. Um, was that your experience with him? Yes. Um, it's actually a kind of a funny story. My husband likes to tell this. Um, so <laughs> we met Stanley and it was for his, uh, for my husband's birthday and we both had him sign something. I had him sign my shirt. Jake had him sign his arm and then got it tattooed that day. And, um, so we, we come into the, um, curtained photography area. Jake walks in, just says hi. And then I walk in and Stanley lights up and he's like, how you doing, sweetheart? <laughs> oh, that must have made your husband and then, happy. Yeah, that made him happy. I'm like, well, happy birthday to you because <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but it was just a really funny story. And he's like, he's still a pervert. He was 95 at the time. I'm like, well, you know, mm. got to got to get what you can get. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, I mean, you never know when it's going to be over, right? So you might as well just live life to the fullest yeah, and, and enjoy exactly. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I heard, I've heard nothing but good things about him. So I'm, I'm definitely glad that you got to have that experience. And it, it's interesting to me because I'm not much of a, like a celebrity person, but I, I definitely have a thing where I like to uh, meet and thank people who ha have had some sort of influence over uh, my career or my desire to be a musician or, or an author or that. And uh, those, those are great events because you do get the opportunities where there's very minimal chances that you would get to meet a guy like Stanley and yeah. to go to a place like that and, and have the chance. Like I met Linda Blair from the exorcist uh, at a small con in, in uh, wow. Tempe, Arizona. And she was just such a sweetheart. And we talked for a while but, you know, you, you, where else are you going to get to meet these people? Exactly. I mean, you, you don't get to, and that's the best part about conventions, you know? That's the best part. Yeah. And, I, you know, I remember, uh, the, the, like, on one of them, I think the guys from Ghost Hunters uh, International were, were there at uh, Phoenix Comic Con. And, uh, you, but there's also a lot of, uh, you know, artists, whether they're uh, cartoonists or graphics uh, or, or they're authors. I mean, there's so many people, game makers, um, cosplayers, obviously, uh, just so much fun at those conventions. But the biggest thing to me is like you walk into the room and it's just everybody wants to be there. It's just mm -hmm. a joyous, like warm feeling in the room. It really is. It really is. Just having that feeling. It's just amazing. I fangirl very easily. My husband doesn't. He's like, I'm all calm. And like, <laughs> You know, we went to a convention once and one of the band members of NSYNC was there and um, I started fangirling because no one was there. We were walking towards him, like going to talk to him. We talked to this guy for 45 minutes. Wow. He loved talking to us, but the whole time I'm fangirling so much. Well, sure. Yeah. How can you not? I mean, that's that's one of the bands that's hit like one of the biggest pinnacles of fame. And my husband put me under the bus because me and April were more into Backstreet Boys, but my husband was more into NSYNC, so we kind of always battled. Uh -huh. And so he threw me under the bus in front of this NSYNC member. No. And he was, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm like, you are my favorite out of all of them, which he was. And I was like, oh, my God, you're amazing. And Jake's like, shut up. You prefer Backstreet Boys. I'm like, dude. <laughs> like, what so the fuck did wrong. I do to you? So, <laughs> so it was wrong. Just, 
and he he just laughed though. He found it hilarious, so it was just really funny. Yeah, at least he had a good sense of humor about it. And you know, that's the thing is, yeah, at the time you can you can like all of them. There were so many great people, especially in that era. There were the boy bands were just coming out of the woodwork, and a few of them really rose to the top. The Backstreet Boys, In Sync, were probably the two biggest, if I remember right. Yes, yes, they were. Yeah, yeah but there's nothing wrong with liking everybody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, so if somebody wanted to uh, kind of get into watching people on live stream, how would they really select who would be good to follow for their taste? Is there like, do you go on to Twitch and there's a list of the kind of games that you play or how would I, how would I come to the conclusion that you're the person I want to watch? Well, the good thing about Twitch is that you can just kind of go along and, and, you know, look at other people's channels first before you decide to click that follow button with them. Um, Twitch allows you to search by game. Like, Hey, I want to watch, um, you know, I, I feel like watching this game, you know, someone played this game and talk to someone playing this game. Um, so you'll click on that game. You'll, you'll, you'll type in the game, click on it, and it will show you a list of people that are streaming that game at that time. And it will show you how many people are watching them. If you want to, um, I would suggest if you want to talk to someone on an intimate level, go to someone that doesn't have that many people watching, um, just so that they can, you know, speak to you as well. Um, and so that could be a good start. Also, people put um, information on their channel, something like an about me section, what games they play their life, you know, stuff like that. So that kind of gives you an idea of how they are, but it's kind of, you know, picking and viewing it and seeing if that person fits your criteria, your interests of who you want to watch. And, you know, then if you decide that you want to continue watching them, then you can go ahead and click follow on their channel and you can set it to where you can get notifications on your phone when they hit that live button and they're live and all that stuff. So there's many options. It's just kind of, you know, finding out who fits your needs. Sure. Well, and it sounds very well organized to where you can find what you want very quickly and you can, you know, switch to someone else or a different stream if, if that one's not making you happy. Exactly. Yeah. It's very, very easy to do. Very easy. Now, is your streamer name my husband threw me under the bus when I met an NSYNC member? No. <laughs> Might as well be, though. <laughs> That'd be very easy to remember. <laughs> it really would, yeah. A bit much to type, especially if you're on a phone, but yes, it would uh, be. Yeah, of course. So yeah, how, you know. how can people find you on Twitch? Um, well, on my Twitch and Twitter, it's the same name, Lady Lone Wanderer, E-R-E-R -E -R at the end, not just Wanderer, Wanderer. Right. Um, <laughs> but I've been using the same name for everything for years, so it's kind of my main persona so well branding is important because if you want you know if people are really interested in the things you're doing online they're probably going to be interested in the things that you're tweeting and if they're two different names they might never find you right exactly now i will say though i forgot to mention this uh with the last question you asked me um when you are looking for people to watch there are there's something around twitch that females do and they're not really the right ones to watch, but it's, you know, whatever, you know, 
tickles your pickle or whatever the hell you want to say it. I don't know. Floats your boat. I don't know. Right. There, a lot of females, unfortunately, use their goodies to attract people to have them donate money to them. Uh, so they're using it more as like a, uh, uh, what do you call those? Um, like chatterbait. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and I can't. I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised because it, it once again, for some reason, in the last week, I think I've gotten maybe five or six friend requests from uh, basically adult profiles. Hey, look at you! <laughs> yeah, because it's because I'm famous that this happens. But uh, you know, it's it's kind of annoying because you know I'm not a prude. I don't you know if that's what you're saying, that's fine. I, I don't hold that against you. But yeah. like when I look at my profile. Like there is nothing about my profile that should say that's what I'm interested in, and, and please find me if that's what you do. <laughs> please find me. Yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I say it with this hungry voice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. You just turn. Don't give me Cheeto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but so it does get a little bit annoying. But I also realize that what they do is they just put in a letter and they just click add as for as many people as they can yeah. until it stops them. So it's it's really got nothing to do with me whatsoever. It's just you know I happen to be somebody that came up in that in that search, um, but it's just it, it's so annoying because it's not it it's just not something I'm interested in seeing. You know, if I want that, there's places I can go for that. I don't oh, really yeah, want that on Facebook. Places, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's it's interesting, but it doesn't surprise me. I'm glad that you brought that up because. Uh, obviously there are younger people that are going to go to Twitch and they're going to watch, want to watch video games because video games are fun. Uh, but yeah. And, and obviously there should be aware that that's out there. Of course, that might make some more people go there. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is like, I, I don't bash people that do that. I mean, it's, it's unsettling. I just don't watch people. I don't support those people because that's right. not my thing. I like to I like to watch people that are real, that are true to themselves. Don't put on a fake persona. Yeah. Um, so when people watch me, they're gonna get exactly you know me. I'm you know they're like, how much did you have to drink? You're crazy. Like I have nothing <laughs> to drink. I don't even drink. I like I only drink like two three times a year. Like <laughs> right. Like come yeah. on now. They're like, have you taken drugs? I'm like, no, I've never taken any drugs in my life. Thanks. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, and, but if you're just into it, and if, I think the thing is, is that people don't see real people that much anymore. They see people that they, don't. they feel they have to be a certain way to gain or keep fans. And it becomes about that and not about just people liking you for who you are. Exactly. And that's the problem. I even tell people. Like I've, I've had people say before they left and unfollowed me, they're like, I don't like your personality. And I'll be like, well, that's your problem, not mine. Cause I'm not going to change who I am for just one person or even a couple people right? or at all. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't care if women do that, but it also gives us females that are serious about this kind of stuff, a bad name. So automatically every, that's why we get trolls. Every person that comes in automatically thinks that we're all, you know, on Twitch to do this. Oh, you're just here for attention. You're an attention whore and, right. you know, all that stuff. So when I do have people come in asking for the goodies, I show them some, but have you ever heard of the tit bird before? I have not. Okay. Well, there is an actual bird called the tit bird. Uh -huh. So I have a little scene that happened that I press a button and it shows up and the two tit birds show up right in front of mine. <laughs> So 
I'll be like, here you go. Does so, it does it use that? Uh, what is that technology? That uh, is it uh, FaceTime where people uh, do the thing where they're like a deer. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like that. Okay, yeah. so it like finds wherever your body parts are and goes. That's what I need to cover. So that's where I'll be. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I put it up there to where they they go ahead and they cover up my goods. And I play a little bit of George Michael Careless Whisper saxophone action <laughs> just to kind of, you know, bring in the mood of what they want. So, Oh, you know. I love it. Well, you know what? <laughs> that's what you get for asking. Because if you want that, go to a channel where that's what it is. Why would you go to a channel where somebody is obviously here for gaming and and ask for that? I, I just don't understand the... Maybe that's the challenge, though. Maybe it's to get somebody who's not interested in doing that to do it. Exactly. And that's the thing. And like, I, I, they always get so shocked. They're like, are you serious? You're going to, you're going to show me. I'm like, yeah. And then I pull that out and that's it. Yep. Game over. I love it. <laughs> uh, now one, one more question I wanted to ask yeah. you. Uh, one of the things that I've seen uh, as, as a Diablo two player, and I know that I sound so old, like no, I did Diablo this, you know, two was amazing. It was, uh, <laughs> but I've seen uh, like videos on YouTube where people will do a thousand runs against the Countess or a thousand runs against this. Do you, do you ever like that's, that's got to take so much time. And after like 30, (laughs) you've just got to be sick of doing it. Right. Right. Well, especially with those types of games, if you're working towards a goal like that, I can understand. But like earlier when you brought up um, speed running, I've actually, speed run a few old school PlayStation one games. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, you know, just kind of trying to work, you know, to beat my previous time to see if I could beat it and stuff like that. But what you were just talking about something like that, that takes forever to do. I haven't done anything like that before. Um, yeah. now if I'm stuck on a boss fight in a game and I keep dying over and over and over again, I put up a death counter for my viewers to keep count on to see how many times I die. Like, all right, how many times have we done this? Can we beat this boss now? So, well, but if you, if you had to take a step back, let's say, because you cannot defeat this boss where you're at and you had to take a step back and go fight another boss or maybe do 30 runs against something to really get to that level you need to, that would uh-huh. be understandable. But these are people that are literally doing a thousand runs of the yep. same thing just to see if they like how many special items they can get during that time. And while I think it's, it's a, an interesting thing to document, like how, how do you just sit there and do a thousand times that same run? It's not like you can just turn it on and fight that guy. You've got to go from the starting point to wherever that guy is every single time. Oh, those are the grinder streamers. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and I completely, people do enjoy that stuff. You know, people really do. And I have no qualms about that. I have no problem with that. But that's just not something like I can do. Like I need to, I can do the same thing for a while, but I can't do it for that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's where I, that's where I'm trying to understand that because that must take an extreme amount of patience or mm-hmm. something like some sort of substance that keeps you interested in doing that. Cause like yeah, I said, after exactly. like 30, I would be done, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've, this is not a topic that I've covered before. I talk mostly about music and, and theater and things, but to me, this really is another facet of art 
And I think it's something that is is growing very quickly, especially as the technology is getting better for people to stream. And, uh, you know, now it's the equipment is more accessible to people. Uh, I think it's such a cool thing. And I, I think it's such a healthy and creative outlet. I'm so glad to see people doing it. It really is. And, and there's one uh, category that I forgot to mention. Mm. Um, as I said, that people actually do a lot of their art on here. Uh, people actually share their music that they're writing. A lot oh. of musicians are on are on here as well. Um, you know, sharing their music, they're writing music and just playing for people. Mm. So a lot of people do do those types of categories as well. So Twitch has expanded so much since the beginning. They were strictly just games, but now they've expanded to art, music, creativity, and just a whole bunch of other stuff. You know, and a lot of sites are starting to do that with podcasting as well. Uh, like Spotify was a music site, and now they're really starting to open up the channels for podcasting. iTunes has mm-hmm. been doing it for a while, but uh, and, and now Google Play is doing it as well. And and it's really cool to see uh, people being able to express themselves and have that happy medium. And and I really like that so much of this is in a safe uh, area, or if if or something can be snuffed out very quickly. Correct. Yeah. It definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I had a great time talking to you and learning about all this. Oh yeah, no problem, dude. Anytime. Any other uh, questions that I can answer on on subjects like this, just let me know and. Uh... Always available. I love it. And and I'm glad that you don't get into like the political and religious stuff because, oh, God, you know, no. I mean, those <laughs> discussions are fine to have if everybody that's in them is responsible enough to have them. And I don't find that very often, especially in, in a situation like yours where anybody can just come into the room and put their two cents in. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing, too. Like even like personal wise subjects like those uh, with our group of friends, we you know, we can talk about that stuff, but we have it to where we all respect each other's different opinions and still, you know, still care about each other and still hang out. So it's like, you know, well, that's people just need it. to respect that. And it seems like these days people tend to uh, listen until they hear something they don't like and then they stop listening. But the speaker doesn't know that they've stopped listening. And mm-hmm. at that point, there is no more conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, thank you so much. I would definitely love to have you on again. Uh, but in the definitely. meantime, keep keep putting out good stuff. Keep doing it because you love it and people are enjoying it. I love it. Thanks. Definitely will. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care, Tiffany. You too. Yeah, it's a whole new world out there today. Definitely changed so much from when I was growing up. And uh, like I said, watching the progression of, of these different uh, avenues of entertainment and video games. It's just been absolutely amazing. But I want to thank you guys for joining me for another episode. Hopefully you enjoyed the interview as much as I did and, and learned some cool things about the world of Twitch, which I still think is a terrible name, but it's taken off. So who am I to argue? Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll be back next week with another guest. And I'm going to have some special episodes coming up with some software developers and different things. And I'll also be doing a review of my Mental Sonic Maternity album soon. So come join us for all those things. And if you have any questions, give me a holler at scott at scotthaskin.com. Thanks, guys. 